Dateline, September 15th, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 165. Uh, Grant, boy, uh, there's been a little bit of news around this week. Let's kick it off with uh, mm, Tiger Airways, Virgin Australia. Take your pick. Oh, mate, conspiracy theory is us. <laughs> yes, go for it, mate. Let, let's oh. read the article first and you can tell the listeners your conspiracy theory because I like it. Okay, the news is that uh, the ex-COO, Chief Operating Officer of Virgin Blue, who uh, stepped down in November 2010, is now going to be the CEO of Tiger Airways. Yes, that's right. He's leaving Virgin and coming across to Tiger. Not sure what he's been doing for the last oh, almost a year, but uh, you know, if he was doing okay with everything, he could have been coasting along. But the upshot is that he's now picked up by Tiger to run their operation. Yeah, this is the former Chief Operating Officer of uh, Virgin Blue, Andrew David. Now, yeah, as Grant says, he's been gone since uh, actually November 2010 from Virgin. Yep. Uh, as we know, uh, Virgin had uh, quite a change at the top back at that time. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what he's been doing since, Grant, but uh, with all the uh, people uh, exiting from the management of uh, Tiger Airways, there's obviously a lot of uh, vacancies to fill there. Now, it'd be interesting to see uh, if he brings some of the much speculated about changes that, well, we speculate about it. We think they need them. <laughs> Many do. Having heard yet another horror story of Tiger's uh, inability to contact people to tell them about change. Oh, mate, hi. they definitely need to uh, have a big set of change going through their whole customer-facing approach. But, uh, mate, tune in Adam Curry, and here we go with the conspiracy theory. I hope you're reading this in the morning. Oh, mate. So, Singapore has a big chunk of Tiger. When Tiger Australia got in trouble, Tony Davis was sent down from Singapore to turn everything around here before he left. And a Singaporean person came in to take over. One of the VPs of Singapore Airlines came in to run Tiger Airways across all of Asia, not just Australia, while Tony came down here. Singapore also has a stake in Virgin, uh, Virgin Australia, not to mention the uh, international arm of Virgin. So Singapore's got its fingers in a lot of pies related to Virgin, Tiger, Australia, domestic. Can you see where this is going, mate? I think I can. There is the theory running around that Tiger Airways could become to Virgin as Jetstar is to Qantas. Imagine Tiger taking care of the very bottom end, freeing up Virgin to look after everyone else. Now, I like that theory, Grant, but the only question I'd have is this. It's often asked why a premium brand like Singapore Airlines would want to tarnish its reputation by associating itself with Tiger Airways. If that's the case... Why would Virgin Australia, who's just done very well in some uh, re- in the recent Apex Awards, for example, and uh, does enjoy quite a good reputation here in Australia, why would they want to tarnish their brand in a similar way? Well, you know, it's sort of like Qantas with Jetstar. Oh, well, that's, that's down the bottom end, kiddies. Things are a bit different in that world. But if you're really wanting to cut corners and get what you pay for, go with Tiger and we'll just let you into line when you come off the Tiger Airways onto a Virgin flight, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. It is kind of odd. And realistically, if I was anyone in Virgin, I wouldn't want to be associated with Tiger either. But hey, what the heck? It's a theory. Well, it's an interesting theory and uh, watch this space. I tell you what, Grant, most of the predictions we've made about Tiger Airways since they started have been uh, sort of come to pass, haven't they? Yeah, well, uh, honestly, mate, after seeing them in action for one year, it wasn't too hard to come up with some of the predictions we've had, I think, because, you know, it was pretty obvious they were going to go under. (laughs) Anyway, okay, let's have a talk about Virgin Australia while we've got them up on the screen here. And, uh, yeah, they've just won a stack of awards at the recent Apex uh, Passenger Choice Awards. That's right. Over in Washington, Seattle, they were there 
they're taking out three of the 14 possible categories. They won the best in region for Asia and Australasia, best food and beverage, and best IFE user interface. So well done, V Australia. It's interesting, Grant, that uh, they they run the red entertainment system, uh, at least on uh, Virgin Australia flights. I've actually not used their IFE on their domestic flights, but uh, the system they use on V Australia is, I guess, a scaled-down version or maybe an earlier version of the same system which I uh, saw operating on Virgin America when I flew them when we were over there, Grant. I noticed that the system on Virgin America has uh, quite a few more options. For instance, uh, on Virgin America, you can use that system to order uh, things off the in-flight menu, uh, which I thought was rather interesting. And I think you can actually use it to uh, you know, make on further bookings on your flights, all that sort of stuff. So well, That's cool. Uh, but on the V Australia flights uh, that, that I've been on, I've been on a few now, I think that entertainment system, it's quite good. It does work quite well. You have a, a great uh, selection of programs to look at. I was, I was quite impressed with it. In fact, I got to watch an entire season of Modern Family on the way over, so, you know, I was happy. <laughs> Whatever keeps you happy on a long haul, mate. I tell you what, it's probably making Qantas see red. Grant, a wonderful segue. Quick, let's talk about Qantas. What are they up to? You know how they're uh, apparently going to have a 110 Airbus A320 aircraft of that family being used to run a uh, premium international airline out of Asia which has many people wondering how the heck can you run a premium airline with a single aisle aircraft when they're talking about having lie flat business beds in the business cabin better than on their A380s. It's got a lot of people scratching their heads and apparently Qantas is scratching their heads as well over a name. Currently they're considering names like Red Q, Red Q Executive Express, Red Sky and One Asia are some of the names according to a Fairfax media report. Q seems to be a um, quite a common theme amongst a lot of those names. Grant, can you think of any other names that would, uh, you know, given the current state of affairs, I don't know, there's probably other words that could go before Q? Well, I guess if it was an airline that was purely for flying Qantas uh, cabin crew and pilots and uh, baggage handlers, Qantas management might want to start it with the name FAR. Yes, how far would they go, Grant? Oh, mate, I'll be queuing up to go pretty far from that one. Yes, far away, hey? Very far in that queue. Yes, we'll just leave that one up to the listeners' imaginations. I'm sure Dan, being as young and as innocent as he is, has no idea what we're talking about. Most people have no idea what we're talking about most of the time, Grant. Anyway, one last uh, quick story before we finish up here, and uh, let's move over to all matters military. Uh, You know, Grant, uh, according to uh, Boeing, there's 235 C-17 Globemaster 3s flying around the world. Up until recently, only four of those were with the Royal Australian Air Force, but as of this week, that number blossoms out to five. I'm happy about that. I like the C-17. It's a fun aircraft and not just because I've been out on the wing hugging the winglet. Uh, The only place I haven't been in a C-17 is right up at the tip of the tail and so you know one day, maybe. Yeah, I've often uh, speculated had I ever been fortunate enough to A, get in the Air Force and B, be selected for pilot training. Um, you know, I'd actually, well, I'd always had my eyes on the Hercules because the C-130 Hercules actually is about my favourite aircraft ever. But uh, of course, at the time I was looking at that, the C-17 didn't exist. They are one impressive aircraft and our C-17s uh, the absolute uh, workhorse of the Royal Australian Air Force. They are very, very busy uh, all of the time. So uh, and actually at Avalon, uh, they announced the purchase of a fifth C-17 for our Air Force, and um, it's actually interesting, Grant, that they've delivered it in a very quick time. Yeah, well, that's the benefits of taking off-the-shelf products. It was just a standard C-17. Uh, there's not a lot of customization required for the Aussies, and they've just taken them, grabbed them, and gone. Same with the uh, Super Hornets. Where we seem to have problems is when we start modifying things to meet our own specific, unique to Australia requirements, he says, looking at the failed Sea Sprite project. So uh, that C-17 has uh, the uh, been officially handed over to the Royal Australian Air Force by Boeing at 
Long Beach, California. And uh, according to uh, some Air Force sources we've been uh, talking to, we should see that arriving at uh, RAF Base Amberley up there in Queensland uh, pretty soon, in fact, by the end of this month. So uh, if you're an Aussie uh, plane spotter out there, the uh, serial number for that aircraft is Alpha 41-210. That's for the plane spotting tragics amongst you. I'm looking at you, Vanderhoof. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. We'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.